continues with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. And we head to the Stanley Fencing and Gates hotline as we get to say hello to our good friend Gerald Hodges as he joins us for the remainder of the show. Gerald, of course, helps us break down the rule book. Any questions, comments you have, any scenarios you uh, perhaps want to present to make sure something was uh, adjudicated in the proper fashion, feel free to join us. 656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, one 656 9900, Gerald's appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, providing building materials since anyone can remember. Jimmy? Gerald, how are you doing? Doing well, guys. How are you all? We're doing fantastic. Um, I want to ask you about this one, and I saw it happen a couple times over the weekend. uh, And I wanted, if you would just explain this for us, please. So I saw a quarterback throw a pass, and it got tipped, and it was caught by a lineman. Lineman took off running. When is it okay for, and he's not an eligible receiver, but when is it okay for a lineman to catch a ball and take off running? If it's tipped, can he do that? What's the rule? If you're talking about uh, a lineman on the same team? Yeah, of offensive lineman, right. All right. Uh, the only time that is legal is when it is tipped by a defensive player. And so when a, when a pass, forward pass, uh, there's a difference. When a forward pass is tipped by the defense, then all players become eligible. All right. And uh, all right, if it's tipped, uh, you know, by the offense, and then the, the originally ineligible player catches it, uh, then uh, the, he cannot he cannot run with it. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask you about another one that I saw. This was an SEC game, and it, it happened to be Felipe Franks, but it was a while back. So he took off running. He was scrambling, and then he dove forward. And so what happened was uh, when he dove forward, he landed on like the 17-yard line. But they moved the ball back to the 15. Now, I thought whenever a quarterback went forward – you would mark the ball where it was when he hit the ground, but when he is sliding to give himself up, you mark it when he starts the slide. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, a dive forward uh, when any any part of his body hits the ground other than a hand or foot, uh, in that particular case, it's going to be more likely a knee, but then the the ruling on on any of them is that wherever the ball is positioned when, say, the knee hits, anything other than hand or foot, that's the position of where the ball should be placed. Yeah, I thought so. Um, it looked to me like it was marked where he started to go down instead of where he did, but I just w- wanted to clear that up. Also, um, I saw this call. This may have been a pro game, but I think the rule applies to college. I'll ask you this one. So I was watching a team, and, and they had an offensive lineman that was about three yards, three or four yards downfield, and the pass occurred behind the line of scrimmage. Um, what's the rule on that for an offensive lineman? How far downfield can he be when the pass is behind the line of scrimmage? Oh, that depends on how fast he is. <laughs> uh, if, the ball, <laughs> if the ball is touched, 
or caught behind the line of scrimmage, there's no restriction on the offensive lineman going downfield. That, I guess, really started back when the old slip screen came in where you'd have blockers going downfield and you'd have a wide out normally just back up to make sure he was behind the line of scrimmage. Now, what happens occasionally is it kind of play breaks down or something. It The pass would be intended to be caught behind the line of scrimmage, and it somehow makes its way past the line of scrimmage. And then in that mm-hmm. case, you do have ineligibles downfield. But if the ball is touched behind the line uh, or a screen pass, you know, that's obviously the same thing. Uh, then the lineman can go downfield and block. Our guest, Gerald Hodges. If you have a question or comment for Gerald, 656-9900, star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Gerald, I don't think there's any question that, uh, well, actually, why don't we go to the phones? We have John who uh, who joins us first. Hello, John. Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing well. How are hey, you? Hey, John. Hey, pretty good. Uh, before I get to my question real quick, uh, it should be Bailey time against Florida. And then my question for uh, um, this um, is, it, I, I can't remember what game I saw it in, but if a team, let's say the quarterback completes the ball to the receiver and it's, it's a little bit of a question on the catch or the footing or something like that, and then they really they come up to the line to try to snap it, real quick to get the playoff. I saw that happen in a game. I forget which game it was. They got the playoff, but then immediately they stopped them during the play and then went to review. So I guess my question is, you know, what, does that come from upstairs or how, how fast do they have to get that playoff to where, even if it was questionable, the play would stand? Sure, John. The, uh, there is a delay on our mechanism where we alert the field if there's going to be a replay. And uh, sometimes what will happen, we will buzz the field or uh, actually through the communication system tell them there's a replay going going to happen. And the snap might, you know, it might get off, but then you'll see them all running in like crazy, waving and shutting it down. Uh, that's a, that is a uh, real toughie these days in replay uh, to get that play stopped. And granted, there are times when the teams will try to what we call beat us in replay. They'll run up there and try to snap it really quick. Typically, that's usually a, a dead giveaway. There's something going on, you know. So, <laughs> but we try to get it. You know, of course, obviously stop by the snap. But if if it's you know right at the snap and they get the play shut down, uh, what we don't want to happen is you know for the next play to get really involved because then you know that all sorts of squirrely things can happen then, you know, i.e. they could score or whatever. But once we shut it down, it's dead, even though they, the snap might happen. But we we strive to get it shut down before then. But with the hurry-up offenses and and the other, the other thing is the, the limitations on the number of cameras that we were, were able to have this year is something that makes it a lot different. We don't get there's many shots in between the snap. And, of course, a lot of times teams team will snap the ball within 10 or 12 seconds after it's blown dead. So uh, that's just something that's part of the game. We just have to be on our toes and try to keep that from happening. It is interesting when you see that scramble. And, it's, of course, you expect it if you're talking about a two-minute drill and a team is up against the end of the half or the end of the game. 
But when you see a team that really puts together the full court press to uh, try and get up and get a snap, uh, I would say that's that's almost like the uh, the offensive lineman that throws his hand straight up in the air, Gerald. That says, I wasn't holding. Yeah, not me, not me. It wasn't me. That's right. <laughs> Back that breaks up a good point, John. Did that answer your question? Well, John is no longer with us, but uh, okay, all right. I think you covered that it. Did, okay, well, that did bring one thing. We had talked earlier on another show earlier in the year about the stops and that type of thing. They kind of got a few, kind of, if you will, mid to late mid-season uh, statistics, and uh, thought it was really pretty interesting. Uh, this year, up through you know a couple weeks ago, I don't remember exactly when, but. And this is nationwide. Uh, the uh, the number of replay stops per game was uh, 2.5, so there was two and a half stops per game, and that's up from an average of 2.1 stops same at the same time frame last year. And then that's kind of what I've alluded to. Uh, one thing is, you know, of course, still the the hurry up offenses are, are going, so uh, that'll lead for us normally to stop one a little quicker than we would if we had a few more camera angles to look at in between. So uh, that's one of the reasons that the uh, the stops are up over last year. But an interesting thing was, too, that uh, the number of overturned calls per game was 1.1 per game, which you figure 150, 170 plays and the number of different things we look at to have 1.1 overturn call per game is pretty good. It says a lot for the guys on the field and nationwide. Uh, last year, there was uh, 0.9. It's just a hair under one per game. So that's not a, a huge difference year to year. And there again, I think that's another thing with the uh, just the uh, pace of the game and the different things. But uh, – I'll, I'll ask you two a question. What would you guess the average length of a review has been so far this year? And I know if you're sitting in the stadium, you're going to say five minutes. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, too. I'm going to say um, 70 seconds. I'm going to say 90. John? I'm going to go 90. Okay. All right. Well, it's John's a little closer. Uh, it's a minute 29, so, you know, 90 would be a minute 30. Oh, John uh, nailed it. That, yeah, he did. He was right on it. And uh, the, uh, you know, our target, of course, is under two. So, uh, I mean, it, we feel pretty good with the one point, you know, the minute 29 per yeah. stop. So if you do the math yeah. on that, you know, people talk about the games lasting so much longer, but that adds – three minutes and 43 seconds, you know, per game to the length of the game. The average TV timeout is three minutes, 20, 25 seconds, and they have 16 of them per game. Hey, Gerald, I think I'd have been right, except the Oregon-Oregon State replay bumped the average up. <laughs> that thing took about eight minutes. So oh, really? <laughs> it was no, one. Those, those, yeah. Those are the ones give replay officials nightmares. <laughs> John, you were, did you see that, John? No, I I heard about it, and oh my goodness, I just uh, I well one I couldn't watch those uniforms compete, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was just amazed that, that once again 
the Pac-12 just continues to stand in its own way, whether it be the failure to uh, to get its best team in standing to uh, to make a run at the college football playoff, or that seems to be, Jimmy, the biggest uh, conference that just can't get out of its own way when it comes to not just bad, but really inexcusable officiating gaffes. Well, they, they took forever on this particular play, and I don't remember all the details. It was about whether it was a touchdown or not. And I, as I, I think what happened was a guy kind of went in backwards and his rear end hit, and they were having trouble finding the ball. Another time, I think it was the same game, there was a, an obvious offsides. I don't know how you missed that because you're looking down the line of scrimmage, and if somebody jumps, and he, he was like a foot offside. It was a defensive tackle. And it wasn't called. I'm like, that's really hard to miss that one. It's almost like you're not paying attention. But that was, I think it was in the same game. I, I thought yeah. that crew had a tough It was actually night. the same official that missed the touchdown. Or ah, Yeah, so, I mean, he, he was not having a good night. Maybe perhaps he was trying to get uh, something delivered by DoorDash. Or so. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, was that the game that had the really thick fog? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. I don't think it was so thick that they made him miss an offsides, though. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> I, did, I did not. I saw just a, a highlight, I guess, the next day on SportsCenter. It just showed. Yes. Just talking about the weather. And I, it reminded me, was the pro game the time you couldn't see anything? And it's thick fog. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked about it last week, actually, a couple of weeks ago, in fact, when it was the Eagles and the Bears. And you just you couldn't see the other side of the field. Must be, I remember must that. Be something about that Chicago being right on Lake Michigan, I guess. It sure yeah. was. I don't know what lake was out there in Oregon or Oregon State. Not sure, but my goodness. And and what happened actually in the fourth quarter, the the fog cleared, but for at least wow. two and a half quarters, the fog was uh, was an issue, and they even talked about it in the booth talking about how they might delay the game, in particular if you cannot see the punt. Or a kickoff, uh, but it didn't get to that. When, by the way, when do they make that decision, Gerald? Do you know? Can the fog create well, a situation where you delay it? it? Yeah, and that you know, it's not like lightning or you know any any of that type of thing. Oh, gosh, I you know I've never been in that situation. I hope I don't have to be. But I was, I was going back to that Chicago the Bears game, and they would punt, and the ball would just disappear, and they said. I actually had a friend here in Knoxville that was uh, in the NFL. Um, he said the guys that were in the game said they couldn't see the ball. All they could do was hear it hit the ground. So it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. We'll get a break. We've got more with Gerald coming up to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, providing building materials since anyone can remember. This is Sports Talk on 99.1, The Sports Animal. Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. Our guest, SEC replay official Gerald Hodges. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company. It's Jay who joins us next. Hello, Jay. How are you? Hello. Good. Uh, I think this may just be an NFL rule, but, you know, most of the time if you have a play and there's a penalty, you either get the yards or you get the choice of the penalty. But I have noticed in the NFL – 
and on a running play, and I thought it was just a quarterback, but I saw a, a running back run, and they he gained whatever, eight, nine, ten yards, and there was defensive holding on the play, and he got an additional five yards. And I don't – tell me, if, first of all, I know that's the rule because I've seen it. I don't know why they instated that rule. But is that just in the NFL, and why, if you know why? Well, in in college, Jay, uh, of course, the NFL, the defensive holding is a five-yard penalty. In college, they don't differentiate between offensive and defensive uh, hold. It's a 10-yard penalty, but it would go from the end of the run. So, uh, you know, so if they gain nine yards in college and you had a holding, then they tack on 10 yards to the end of the run. Oh, you do? That's on, that's on the defense. That's on the defense. Yeah. Now, the offense, of course, it goes from the spot of the foul, which typically is unless it's ahead of the run, but in most cases it's behind it where the run ends. And uh, then it would go from the spot of the foul that's on the offense. So in college, you even if you get a run that's longer than 10 yards, you get the additional 10 on defensive holding? Yes, sir. Well, in college you do. Like the, the NFL, I feel, Jimmy and I have had this discussion. That's a whole new set of rules. <laughs> but in college, if there's a holding on the defense, yes, you would, it would be tacked off the other run. Well, I wasn't aware of that. Well, thank you. For, I, can I have one more question? It involves pass interference, which is always a headache. If, yeah. if there's a pass interference call, say uh, the guys are battling each other and the defensive guy grabs his arm and they throw the flag – but then after that, the offensive uh, receiver pushes the defender. Does that trump? Does the first call the, the only call, or does it just the both of them are interfering and the play goes over? How does that work? Oh, uh, it, it it actually is possible, Jay, to have offsetting pass interference calls. You don't see it very much. Oh, uh, that involves a lot of time, I guess. <laughs> you know to for both of them, yeah. but uh, technically, yeah, I mean, you could have offsetting fouls uh, against the receiver and the defensive guy. It's something you don't see a whole lot, but, I mean, it is definitely okay. possible. Well, you see a lot of them fighting each other, but I've never seen that call. Well, thank you for the interpretation for both of them. Thank you very much. Jay, well, we Jay, before have... you go, if, uh, one thing is, you know, being a former deep official, too, you'll see a lot of uh, – You'll see a lot of hands both ways, and then that, of course, that's the key. Uh, if you don't, you know, in a lot of cases, they will they will just let that go unless you get an obvious advantage, and that you know that's the whole thing. Jay, we do appreciate it. Let's go next to Earl. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Earl. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Hope you yeah, are. Earl. Oh, doing great. Uh, Gerald, I want you to know you do a great job. You're really knowledgeable on the rules, and this is one of my favorite segments. Now, here's my question. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, th- absolutely. This happened in the Tennessee-Arkansas game in 98, and it happened once this year. Well, let me set the scenario. Team B has the ball, and uh, the ball snapped to the – it's fourth down, snaps to the punter, it's over his head. He turns around and kicks it through the end zone. What's the uh, right call? Because they made the, the wrong call in 98, and I don't know about this year, but what, what's the right call? Well, and of course, what we do, too, also is uh, 
we are with the team that has the ball. We that we call that team A on everything we do. Okay, all right. Sorry, all right. That's okay. All right. Oh, but typically, oh, so if the ball anyway, fourth down play, the ball centered over the the punter's head, and he runs back and kicks the ball. All right, that is illegal kicking. That's a ten yard penalty. Oh, and loss of down at that spot, or they can take the result of the play, which would be a safety, and then, of course, the, the team that was trying to punt it would have to, you know, kick off from the 20 or punt from the 20. Right. But the offense has that option to take the ball 10 yards from the spot where he kicked it, and then it would be their ball, but it's on fourth, if it's on fourth down, of course, then it would go over on downs with that's part of the penalty. Earl, well, as I okay, recall, now. the mistake made by the official, they did not give Tennessee an option. They called it a safety, right. and then Arkansas kicked off from their own 20. So the the mistake was Tennessee wouldn't give it an option. Obviously, I think in that situation, Tennessee would have taken the ball. I, I don't know, is it on the four-yard line when he kicked it? So it would have been on the two, or maybe it was on the eight-yard line. It would have been on the four. One or the yeah, other. Yeah, something but, like that. But, I mean, we would have scored made. pretty, pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah, Tennessee did not get the option. That was that was the error that was oh, made. Okay, in my scenario, then Team B, who is the defense, when the ball is snapped over his head, then would get the option of having the ball uh, deep in their territory, right? Well, they yes. would get it either ten yards from where he kicked the ball, or if he, if he kicked it inside the ten, it would be a half the distance penalty, or the result okay. of the play, which is safety, right? Gotcha. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Y'all have a good evening. All right. All right. You too, Earl. Thank you very much. We'll get a break and be back with a final segment to today's edition of Sports Talk, a final segment with Gerald Hodges. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, providing building materials since anyone can remember. This is Sports Talk on 99.1, the sports animal. Over 20 years of the top-rated afternoon sports show in Tennessee. This is Sports Talk with John Wilkerson and Jimmy Hyams. On 99.1, the sports animal. Final segment to today's edition of Sports Talk. I'm John Wilkerson with Jimmy Hyams. Our guest, SEC replay official Gerald Hodges. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company. Gerald, um, I was uh, I wanted to ask you about a, uh, another situation uh, that I saw, uh, and I don't think this should be treated differently, but I'll get your take on it. So I saw a quarterback that was scrambling, and he got to the sideline. He had one foot in bounds, and he got hit, and they call roughing, they call unnecessary roughness. And – I thought the quarterback should be treated no differently if he's run out of the pocket toward the sideline. But does the ferocity of the hit play into that on unnecessary roughness if if he's still got a foot in bounds? How do you see that? Oh, uh, well, the you know, there again, that that is a split-second call, Jimmy. I do know probably – in the pros, I'm sure the you know the quarterbacks are a little more protected. Uh, I mean, not that you want any player injured, of course, anywhere, but still, uh, the quarterback once he takes off, he is a runner by rule, and uh, 
typically if uh, and you, you get those hits on the sideline, where it's quarterback, running back, you know, whatever receiver on after a pass. But typically, if uh, if the player still has one foot in bounds, uh, then you know if it's if the contact occurs at that point, then that typically would not be what we would call a late hit out of bounds. Uh, of course, targeting gets into it, that type of thing, but that's that's a separate that's separate from your question. But your question, yeah. typically, if a player has one foot still inbounds and there's contact, unless it's illegal contact of some sort, that's just that's a part of the game in college. Okay. Also, um, I, I don't know if I understand this one correctly, but I was watching the game, and, and so the offense has the ball, and there's 50 seconds left in the driving, and the clock's running. The defensive player goes down, and so um, there was a – they said something about a tense runoff. I didn't think that there would be a runoff to penalize the offense if a defensive player went down, even if the clock was running. What's the rule there? Okay, that that's a good one, Jimmy. Any the typically the way the rule reads inside one minute uh, of either half, if uh, you know there there's several things that could happen, but there is if there's a foul or an Injury by the offense or defense, uh, then that, and if that is the only reason the clock stops, and there's several scenarios, this is a really, it's a good one. It's 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 a good test question or whatever. But if that's the only reason that the clock is stopped, now if he makes a first down and you have an injury, then obviously the clock's going to stop to reset the change, or if there's a penalty. But in that situation, if the if the player goes down, it can be offense or defense. Uh, there, that qualifies for a 10-second runoff. Now, if it's on the defense, the offense is behind, which the team, the opposite team, has the option to decline the 10-second runoff. That's the key. So you wouldn't okay. penalize the offense if you had a defensive injury or vice versa. Uh, so they have that option to take, you know, and if they decline the 10-second runoff, then the clock the uh, clock is going to start on the snap. And otherwise, you know, if they take it, then it's going to, they're going to do the 10-second runoff. It's going to start on the ready play. So, the, okay. but the, the opposing team is not penalized for that. Okay, Gerald, you you don't see any lack of those that are, are willing to uh, to help an official's crew make their minds up. Uh, especially when it comes to either players and or coaches on the field. You see it more in the NFL than you do in college. But tell me, uh, how did you handle it when either, one, you had interested listeners who were trying to stand as close to a group of officials, uh, you and the crew, that were talking over a situation to find out what exactly was going on, or those that are trying to help you make the call as uh, they continue (laughs) to talk as you guys are trying to discuss things? What was that like uh, to encounter that on the field? Well, yeah, of course, there again, John, that was back before the uh, the official-to-official uh, communication. You know, they have the they have the ability to talk to each other over radios. We didn't have that. Uh, mm-hmm. Typically, what we would try to do is just discreetly step, you know, away from the ears, of course, and uh, try to, you know, sort out our decision what we were going to do with it. But uh, it wasn't really that bad. Most of the time, the ones that were going to try to help us make the call were still on the sidelines. Of course, 
and these days they're they're a little more restricted than not to come out on the field as they used to be in, in our day, of course. And uh, but typically, if we had someone trying to help us, a coach, basically a head coach, we'd be the the assistants, you know, didn't count, I guess. But we our our pro, protocol then was to just calmly walk back to the sidelines. They would follow. <laughs> and we would walk them back to the sidelines at least get them off, you know, off the field. So, uh, but like I said, these days they have that that rule has a little more teeth in it. That coach, if he's out on the field protesting a call, then he's uh, he's subject to get a flag. Uh, we have a more than a minute left, Gerald. Uh, just quickly, some argue that that pass interference or perhaps all things should be reviewable reviewable but with pass interference do you think would that be too much of a degree of difficulty to add that to what is reviewable um in trying to rule on a game oh john it would and of course when replay first came in there again it was it was strictly it, it was a almost an ironclad deal that we the replay itself would not get involved in basically judgment calls you know pass okay. interference uh, that type of thing, and you know you've got to stop somewhere. And, uh, All right, hey, like hey, Gerald, we're, we're at- we'll talk. We'll talk more about that uh, in the next week. But we always appreciate your time. Have a great week, safe travels, and we'll talk to you next Monday. Great, that'll be fine, guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You as well.